What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to WWF Wrestling with Freddie. I'm your host, Freddie Prince Jr. And uh, thanks for coming back to hear another episode. We've had a couple guests that I believe have shown you guys wrestlers are people too. Um, no, they're actually nerds and giant dorks, but I love them because I happen to be one too. If you haven't heard the other episodes and you're new to it, go back. We've had a couple guests and I've tell a lot of stories about my time at the WWE. I was there post get the F out. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode because today is all about the WWE plane, gorgeous black with the red stripe. But we're going to talk about stories on the plane today. And I'll probably get sidetracked a little bit as well. And we'll talk about other random stuff. But without any further delays, let's start the show. Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. All right, you guys. So to start this episode, we have to talk about Scooby-Doo. I had to go do a press thing. The cast of Scoob, the whole cast had to go. And they flew us to Cancun, Mexico. And the international rules dictate that whatever state in America you cross the border on, on an international flight, you have to land at the nearest airport to go through customs. So for a private jet, and this was, I think, Kevin Costner's jet and Kevin Costner's pilot, our closest from there was some small town in Texas, South Texas from Cancun. So we're coming in and it is, turbulent is not the word. The winds are crazy. This plane is, we felt like the Gilligan's Island ship. Like the tiny ship was, that was us. So we're literally swerving back and forth like the Viking ship at the state fair. And you can't see anything out the window. Sarah's hand is on my hand and it's gripped tight, like nails through skin. My left hand, I'm in the window seat on the left side, is gripped to the armrest, my nails into its poor skin. And I'm looking out the window, and all of a sudden, I see the ground, except not beneath me. I'm looking directly at the ground. The plane is about to land sideways on the left wing, and my face is about to go through the tarmac. And at the last second, I'm not exaggerating. At the, I don't, I've never even told this story. At the last second, the plane corrects itself. This pilot was a jeep corrects itself and we co- we're coming in hot 
we came in we came in hot and we're sliding and slipping and the plane lands no damage no anything outside of you know the six and a half years it took off my life from the scarring of my heart so we have to get off the plane everybody's freaked out and now we have to get right back on the plane take off through this weather and and get back to la so i'm freaking out like yo i mean i trust the pilot now more than any human more than my wife (laughs) but still like we almost died so we get back on the plane we made it through customs by the way we were totally legit and totally legal and we land in los angeles and i vow to never fly on a small plane again it's just uh, life is too precious so i uh, a few months later i get this job at wwe the very first plane that i have to get on isn't vince's i hadn't earned that that seat yet right but it's a tiny ass plane i'm sitting on it and all i can see is the tarmac of i don't laredo texas whatever airport it was and i see my death and i legit get up and there's other employees wwe employees on this plane i was like yo i'm not taking this plane i'm gonna take a train and i'm gonna see you guys there i'm out and i i deboarded the plane got off they were like yo are you serious i'm like i'm out i'm not gonna be late the show's tomorrow i'm not getting on this airplane i don't tell anyone the story i just told you guys because i'm not trying to be on this coffin with wings for another second so i get off i take a train from grand central terminal not grand central station grand central terminal and uh, I take the, the train to Virginia and we do our Monday Night Raw and everything's cool. The train ride goes so well that within three months of me doing this, there's an entire new plan in the writer's room where all East Coast trips where the train ride is four hours or less, the, the writers are going to take a train. Uh, that was me that pulled that off. I love trains. I always have. And all the writers did too because you have way more room to work. And when you're on the road, you're riding all the time you're rewriting promos at two in the morning you guys are writing in a laptop they were not high tech back then they were ghetto i worked there i think in oh oh nine oh seven something like that so you get the idea technology is, was not what it is now and it's brutal when you're on the train you got a table forget that you got room and comfort you have a table to work at so all the writers loved it and they stayed committed to it. And then my ass got promoted to the jet, which is a promotion, but isn't because it's crazy on the jet too. Uh, so I got off the train and they said, you're going to fly in the jet. And I'm sweating when they tell me. They go, Vince wants you on the jet. It's like, oh man, all right. Okay. And just my I'm, my armpits are sweating right now. And I ain't even afraid of flying anymore. Thanks to Vince, actually. He just kept making me do it till I wasn't scared of it anymore. So I get on the jet. And the first thing Vince says to me uh, when he gets on, he says, I heard you had a bit of a problem on the last plane with a smirk. Like, yeah, man, I'm not, I'm not big on planes. And this is who I tell this story to. And he goes, ah, don't worry. I got a better pilot than him anyway. (laughs) So he, uh, he's very much long before the pandemic, very anti-germ. And there's more hand sanitizer on this airplane than there are bottles of water. So everyone's sanitizing their hands and Vince finishes his and he, he holds out the sanitizer for me to sanitize my hands. And I'm, I go, Oh, that's nice. And I put my hands out and he just starts squeezing the damn bottle and doesn't stop. And it's just, it's just ounce after ounce after ounce. And I'm looking at him 
and I'm not going to move my hands because I can't have him dump crap all over his plane. He'd get mad. So I just sit there and eyeball him. I don't even look at my hands. I just eyeball him the whole time until he finally goes, ah, 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 and it's out. It's one of those small like Purell bottles, right? It's finally out, and I have this huge glob of, of sanitizer in my hand. So I walk back to the bathroom, I slop it into the sink. I come back, and he's chuckling, and he's just doing that to help me relax and uh, not worry so much about the flight. I see him side-eye me a couple times on the takeoff and landing and just kind of nod. He was really good to me. They were all really good to me. So we land in where I think it was probably Cleveland. This was during the Mrs. Push. The stories I'm going to tell you today are during the Mrs. Push to his first WWE championship at WrestleMania in Atlanta where they did the giant white letters all awesome for his uh, for his entrance. He may have already been champ at WrestleMania or that was where he won it. You'll you guys will remember. You have better you're better historians than I am. So we're flying to uh we're flying to Cleveland. I lived, thankfully, I'm here now talking to you and I'm starting to relax a little bit and the plane is no joke. It's it's work all the time. I mean all the time. I remember once I opened my laptop and I had downloaded one of Richard Pryor's specials, Richard Pryor Live on the Sunset Strip. And this was after his accident. He had been humbled big time. And most comics, when they record a special, they do it two nights in a row and they'll edit between the two or just choose the best one. The first one Richard did, SideQuest, it bombed. He, it, for whatever reason, my dad's manager was Richard's manager. So that's why I know this story. I knew Richard very well. Not very well, but I knew him well. So it, it died. And he was okay with it, but he was nervous. And they came out and did the second one. And it's the red suit that he even jokes about. And he does the, the match. He lights the match. He goes, what's that? Richard Pryor running down the street. That, it's that special. And he just kills it the second night. And that was a way for me to just kind of like deal with the airplane. Because I didn't enjoy being on a coffin with wings. So... I open it up. I'm watching about 10 minutes in and I feel this like firm thump on my shoulder. And I turn around and Vince goes, what are you doing? I go, what do you mean? I'm watching Richard Perry. He goes, what? Why? We're watching WrestleMania. I go, yeah, from last year, man. I, I saw it. He goes, yeah, well, you've seen that too. I go, yeah, this makes me laugh. He goes, come on, watch WrestleMania. So I legit have to turn off my laptop and watch WrestleMania from a year ago. With uh, with it, nobody else is watching it. He's just making me watch it. So I turn it off, and I watch it with him, and uh, we end up getting back. And this is the this is it every time. Like he'll go over the Monday Night Raw script, never never the SmackDown one. He wouldn't even. I don't think he read it until the morning of SmackDown if he read it. But I will say this: I know a lot of actors who don't, like TV actors who don't read their scripts. They just read their dialogue, memorize it. There's literally a saying in LA that goes, bullshit, bullshit, my line, my line, bullshit, my line. I've, I've heard it since the 90s. So not every, it, it's not just Vince that does that. There's plenty of successful people that go, ah, I know what I'm doing. Don't worry about it. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky 
quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We would always go over the raw promos, everything he didn't like. And now you're rewriting on a jet. And it's not like it's a train. You don't have a table to work at. Like everybody's bunched up together. They squeeze as many as you're legally allowed to get on the plane. And we had all these massive laptops because it wasn't like it is now. And we're trying to, you know, rewrite promos. So I did not, it, it's not the experience that you think it's going to, that you think it's going to be. So we, uh, we land and I start talking to, to Roddy. Cause I'm just, when I was a kid, I, I just loved him so much. And we're chatting about life and the business. And he says, oh, your, your dad was a, a stand-up comedian. I go, yeah, he was Freddie Prince. He goes, get the hell out. And then he goes, oh, of course, sorry. So, oh, yeah, yeah, your name. And he starts talking to me about my pops and his love for stand-up comedy. So he starts talking to me about how he compares doing a promo in the ring to stand-up comedy. And he starts talking about Andy Kaufman. And he starts talking, which, oh, side quest. Check this out. My pops is the only dude to ever get Andy Kaufman to break character while he was in character. So this is the 70s. If you don't know who he is, look it up. Jim Carrey made a movie about him called Man in the Moon. Uh, there's probably some biographies that are more accurate. Jim Carrey's awesome, though, in, in the movie if you want to check it out. But he did a lot of like risque comedy where he would just abuse people in the audience and be totally rude and disrespectful and say the most crass things. And the people in the audience would get out and this woman slapped him dead in the face and he drops dead on the floor. And that's when the audience realizes the girl was a plant and she's in on the joke. And that's why he sold the slap so hard and went unconscious. And then he pops up and the crowd would just die laughing and he owned him. And he, Andy, had a great run with Jerry Lawler back in the early 80s, I think it was. And they just crushed it. They drew huge numbers, huge money. People loved watching it because Andy was, they thought he was legit crazy. So the Melrose Improv in Los Angeles, California, it's 1973. Four or five, I believe five. And Andy's on stage and he's tearing into this girl. I mean, just calling her every name in the book and just berating her. And the crowd's getting hot. They're like 
you know, getting mad. And my dad, who was, he had a father, but he was basically raised by a, by a, I don't want to disparage my grandfather, but basically a single woman, all right? So he wasn't around very much. Shout out Carl Prutzel. But uh, <laughs> so my dad gets crazy angry. He looks in the, in the room and he sees Andy just tearing this girl apart. And he wasn't familiar with Andy's act. And my dad goes up on stage in the middle of his bit, grabs Andy and just shakes the shit out of him. And Andy starts screaming, Freddy, 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 it's just a bit. She's, no, she's with me. She's with me. She's with me. And my dad like freaked out and he realized he just ruined a set and then literally goes to let go of Andy and Andy smashes himself into the fake brick wall and slides down onto the, the floor. My dad looks back and <laughs> his buddy, Tim Thomerson tells me, your dad's thought was, oh my God, I just killed Andy Kaufman. And then Andy popped up and got my pops, and uh, which made my dad laugh, but also pissed. And uh, that was, so anyway, that was the side quest. Hey, you just leveled up. But Rowdy's telling me how comedy is, is a promo in the ring. And Rowdy, if you don't know who Rowdy Rowdy Piper is, a, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Uh, B, you should seriously be ashamed of yourselves. And C, YouTube it. Or just watch a cool John Carpenter, freaky sci-fi corporation, aliens take over the world kind of movie. It's called They Live. It's with him. And get the, here's how small the world is. And the other actor in it is Keith David, this black dude who is the voice of Spawn on the HBO animated series. Yo, that was my dad's best friend in high school. They went to that fake, that fame high school. I said fake because it's gonna have real classes. My wife went there. The fame high school of performing arts, whatever it's called in New York. They were doing a. You guys got two side quests. They were doing a performance of of Mice and Men, Lenny and I was gonna say Lenny and Bruce. That's Lenny Bruce, Lenny and whatever George, and. My dad was talking about make it. I'm about to make it, man. I'm about to break big. Keith David's or David Keith's telling me this story. And he has that great low voice. And he says, one day your father didn't show up for her, for school. And then he didn't show up for rehearsal. And that's when we all knew your dad made it. And it was true. It was my dad got this gig in Chicago. And Richard Pryor saw my dad perform. Richard Pryor discovered my father, by the way. And told his manager at the time, yo, you got to sign this kid or you're an idiot. And so he signed him and, and the rest was history. So I tell you this story because Rowdy, in like the next part of his life, or that final chapter of his life, I should say, because he's no longer with us, rest in power, he became a stand-up comedian. And he would do, listen, he only had about five minutes of material that would that would get you he would do 10 sometimes 12 so you know he didn't get a lot of you know comedy love from the clubs because it just wasn't at the level that you know a lot of the other people were doing it but he would catch you with like two or three stories and even if the crowd wasn't a wrestling fan if, 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 if there could have been none in there but he he was such a beautiful storyteller that he would grab you and he would do these voices and he could own that crowd for a couple minutes. And I went to see him one night with a buddy of mine and it was actually at the improv, which my dad helped open back uh, when, uh, when it first came out here in Los Angeles. I'm sitting there with 
this executive producer from the Conan O'Brien show who loved wrestling and loved comedy, just like me. So we've gone to a lot of both types of shows together and uh, we're sitting there and we're watching him and I'm almost crying. And it's not because it was so funny or so bad. It was just to see him doing what he didn't think he could do, but respected so much to the point that he compared it to what he did. That's just one more person that that Rowdy Piper, uh, whose life Rowdy Piper touched, and not just as a kid, but as an adult too. And that's what these wrestlers are. They're artists for me. It's 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 the literal, I've said this before, the literal blood, sweat, and tears on a literal canvas. And that's a massive sacrifice, man. Guys like Mankind uh, or Cactus Jack. You guys know him as Mick Foley, probably. I mean, that type of sacrifice is wild. And for some people, they can't watch it, right? Meryl Streep hates the UFC. She doesn't understand it's mixed martial arts. And there's an art and there's a beauty to a perfectly executed technique. You're just either hip to that form of art or you are not hip to that form of art. I liked She-Devil. I thought Meryl Streep was great in it. No one else did. Nobody saw that movie. So which one of us is wrong? You know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody. There are Picassos that I'm like, eh, that's, that doesn't really do anything for me. <gasps> How dare you? Sorry, I like Modigliani more. So that was sort of the, the impetus. Is that the right word? For me to even do the podcast is I really wanted to showcase what I learned about the wrestling business and what I loved most about the wrestling business was that it's all art. It's not always, it's not always good, but I've seen episodes of Law & Order where I was like, eh. I've seen movies where I was like, yeah, I wouldn't ever watch that again. I've walked out of movies. You have too. So careful with your criticism, although a lot of it is valid. I'm just saying careful. So I'm riding on the airplane now, and they gave me a day off, by the way. I, I got raw off so that I could uh, just kind of deal with my own crap. So I get back in the office, and... <laughs> wait can i even tell okay i can tell so Freebird calls me into his office michael hayes and <laughs> i could tell it and he says uh freddie i gotta ask you a question and he looks concerned i go what's up man he goes you didn't uh you didn't take a poop on vince's plane did you i said what are you talking about he says there's no poops on the plane i said of course i didn't what are you talking about man i didn't even use the restroom he goes, well, someone did, and I have to find out who. And he's not laughing when he says it, okay? He's pissed off. Like, what kind of job assignment is that? I got to find out who took a shit on my boss's plane. <laughs> Freaking the best agent in the company. I come up with the greatest finishes. At least when I was there, all the fans' favorite finishes were either Freebirds or Triple H's. And usually it was a combination of both. And it wasn't anyone else's. And he's having to find out who took a poop on the plane. Now, I will say this. He never found out who it was, but I did. I know exactly who it was because the dude ratted himself out in my hotel room where a group of writers were all hanging out and a couple of the wrestlers. And literally, as soon as he said it, two of the other writers were in there and he jumped up and he goes, if you tell anyone, anyone, I swear to God. And we all had a good laugh. So remember, there's no poops on the plate. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. 
and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm in there and uh, I'm writing and there was this other writer next to me who I didn't talk to about this episode, so I won't say his name. And he's talking about this show. And I looked over at him, and he goes, yeah, man, I love this show. And I can't even say the name of the show. You'll know why in a sec. And I said, dude, I, I wrote that. And he said, what? I go, yeah, man, I wrote that episode. He goes, no, you didn't. I go, bro, I swear to God, I didn't, I didn't write it under my name. It's, it's called ghostwriting. And he goes, what are you talking about? I go, bro, you make more money ghostwriting than selling your own damn script some of the time. I said, I literally, the, the only reason I know this, I don't know the show. I've never seen it. But the episode you're describing is literally the episode that I wrote. He said, what the hell are you talking about? I said, I wrote under a ghost name. It's called William Ramirez. William Ramirez was my papo's name in, in Puerto Rico. And he was, I think I've told you about him before. He was big, like a pro wrestler. He was a butcher in San Juan. And nobody wanted to, I was writing these scripts and I couldn't even get him read because of like the business's perspective on Scooby-Doo, right? A lot of you saw Scooby-Doo and you loved it, kids. But the studios, they looked at it much different, right? It was the original script. I got in trouble for saying this a while ago. And then James Gunn echoed it a few years later and everyone was like, oh, the courage. <laughs> so the first script was very much PG-13 for Scooby. Uh, side quest. And... uh and that's what got everybody excited about it. A lot of the the innuendo and the hints that were there over the years, they kept, James wrote them in in a very slick way, right? And then the studio wanted to make the movie G-rated to allow, or PG, to allow all kids to go without any like parents freaking out and stuff. And they were worried about drug references and, and homosexual uh, references and things like that. So... 
as a publicly traded company, I guess it's a legitimate concern, although the WWE's never feared it. But we all land in Australia, and all of a sudden we have a different script. And I ain't going to say who. A couple of the actors were like, yo, well, one of them was me. But I won't say who the other one was. It was like, yo, this isn't what I signed up for. And uh, we were good soldiers, and and we did our we did our thing. But because of that, after that movie, a lot of people were interested in my scripts before it. And then afterwards, they were like, ah, he just does kids' movies now. We don't want to read it. So I legit used a fake name, William Ramirez, and I sold like three scripts in one year. <laughs> and then I put my name. By the way, one of the deals went away when they found out that it was me. All of a sudden, they had all these notes that they didn't have the week before because the guy from Scooby wouldn't know how to write a script. So anyway, I'm sitting there, and I'm writing this segment, and it's for SmackDown. And he goes, what are you writing? And I said, uh, I'm doing this thing for, for Jeff Hardy. And he said, what is it? And I said, uh, I was told not to say anything. So Freebird had come up to me a couple, uh, probably weeks prior. And he said, uh, DJ has an idea. He wants to try to make Jeff champ. I'm talking about Jeff Hardy. And it's not going to happen. Now, you have to understand, Michael brought Matt and Jeff Hardy into the WWE. They're his boy. They're his babies. Okay. He has fought for them. I mean, he fought for them every damn day that I was there. And from what I was told, he fought for them every damn day before and after. He loves those guys. He would kill for those guys. He would lie in court. Well, he'd probably lie in court for any of us, but he would lie in court for those guys. And a loyal free bird is the baddest bird on earth. Okay. So he's telling me, Look, it's not going to happen, but a lot of my promos had been getting over with the boss, and he thought maybe I would have the best shot at getting a Jeff Hardy championship story to fruition. I tried to take the more understanding approach that I had on my father at the age I was then and apply it to Jeff. So to get into that, when I was young, I hated my dad. Like I would get so mad at him for the choices he made. He did drugs, screwed around on my mom, messed up a lot in every aspect of life. And then on my mother's birthday, put a gun to his head and the courts ruled it an accidental shooting. A lot of people call it a suicide. Um, some people have said that there was a note, even though there wasn't a note, but that's just how these stories kind of take on a life of their own. Um, and the courts ruled it what they ruled it. The point is, I didn't want, I didn't want to understand my father at all. And then I met this woman who is still one of the most influential people I've ever met in my life as far as the effect she had on me. And her name is Pam Greer. And if you don't know who Pam Greer is, you need to Google her. In the 70s, as far as the power of beauty went, she had more of it than any other woman on the planet. Every man loved her that wasn't racist, and even those probably did. And every woman respected her because she portrayed strength. If you've read her biography, if you haven't, you should. She talks about my father a lot, and she talks about Richard Pryor and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the three loves of her life. I started to speak to her and I learned a lot more about who my father was. My family, of course, would try to protect the child, right? 
And when you're a junior, you have to remember you basically exist as a statue to honor that which walked before you. It's very difficult. Any junior out there can relate. You usually are pushed or leaned somehow into your predecessor's profession. You're compared to the value of the name that came before you all the time. And I think Pam knew that. And instead of protecting me, she was very honest. And she told me about how much she loved my father, why she loved my father. She talked about what a fool he was with money, the types of choices and mistakes he made. And in the 70s, a lot of people made those choices and mistakes, but a lot of them were just choices. The great MVP will tell you that. Choices, not mistakes. First of all, just meeting Pam Greer, and I'm not trying to be funny, but any man will understand this. I was like, yeah, I mean, so so you know, so he, so he fooled around, you know, it's Pam Greer. And I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but there's just something amazing about her. You know, there's just something captivating about her. And they were also, they had a relationship before he even knew my mother as well. So she starts breaking it down and she breaks down the need for artists to medicate. You just have to hope they find the right medicine. And your father never did. And that hit hard. So hard that I wanted to write it into a wrestling storyline. But I did. And it started off with a number between him and MVP, who's uh, still a dear friend of mine to this day. And I hope to have him on as a guest. So I don't want to share too many MVP stories because I'd rather him tell him because he's just, he's a better storyteller than I am. You know, people think. I made movies in the 90s and oh, how cool this and that. You know, I had two friends in high school, two, okay? Not three, not five, not two and a bunch of acquaintances, two friends. I was a dork. I didn't know who I was. I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't, I broke up with a girl in the sixth grade because she kissed me on the cheek. That's how I'm called. Her name was Laura Eichelberger. Shout out, Laura. We love you, girl. Um, Sorry for breaking up with you. That was me, not you. Uh, But I was not, I'm still not cool. I mean, I'm just lucky that Sarah laughs at my stories. That's the only reason she keeps me around. But if you think about it, the two guests I've had so far both played Dungeons and Dragons. One of them is a psychopath about it, and one of them loves it more than anything on earth. So do I. You can, I'm going to have more guests. You go find out, play D&D too, and they're gigantic, beautiful, awesome professional wrestlers. But a lot of artists are the outcasts. I think there was a line in a Robert Downey Jr. movie that F. Gary Gray directed, and I can't remember the name, but he said, it's like someone on the East Coast grabbed it by the edge, shook the shit out of it, and all the insecure, weak people ended up in Los Angeles. And that's true, because it's a city of dreamers. So it's all the dreamers from these small towns that feel that they need something bigger than that. It's all these dreamers from other places that go Hollywoods or New York is where my dreams can come true. And they have the guts and the courage to go after that. That's the wrestler's life. Now, it's a little different with NXT. You're getting paid to learn how to wrestle. Now, that's a, that's a privilege, okay? I'm not getting paid to go on auditions to act. And a lot of wrestlers aren't getting paid to go you know, on the road, drive eight hours to get somewhere to do a match that won't pay for the gas that they use to get there but they need the work they need the experience that that takes courage 
It takes courage to express yourself honestly. We're going Bruce Lee now. To express yourself honestly. Um, I love Bruce Lee. But to, to have the courage to do that is really hard. I'm telling you, early in my career, I didn't. I, I, I still, I look back on my career, and I've only seen three things I've done. Because I don't like watching movies when I know the end, and I've already read the script. But I wish I could change every single moment in it. Like, even if people love it, I, it still makes me mad because I became a better actor. The older I got, the more of my baggage I let go. And it's the same thing in the wrestling business. That's what the promo classes were all about. Fail here and wake up the next day okay and know that I still love you and I'm still going to write for you. And I didn't send a video of your, of, of your bad take to the boss. Everything's cool. And it allows you to fail less when the pressure's on. Like we said with, with Xavier Woods, there's no such thing as luck. There's no such thing as luck. It's just about being prepared when the opportunity presents itself. And the people that went out and partied the night before and at 10 a.m. the next day, they were still in bed. Well, that's how I booked a lot of my movies, was waiting for that actor to not show up and lie about my name. But yeah, that's me. Yes, I'm Ryan Philippi. Thank you very much. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but you got to take a shot. That's the moral of today's episode. You got to take a shot. I hope you guys liked listening, but I'll speak to you guys soon. Uh, this was a very like heartwarming episode, not one of our funnier ones, but I hope it was still uh, meaningful to you and I hope it connected to you in some way. And if it did, ha, you're a wrestling fan because wrestling just connected with you. So thanks for listening to Wrestling with Freddie. Peace. This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions... Let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.